0: So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cachot, with Adam Goslin.
1: Well, welcome in for another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cachoe, alongside of the one and only Adam Goslin. Adam, how are you today?
0: I'm doing great, Todd. How are you?
1: Man, I can't complain. It is a beautiful day. I'm having a conversation with you about something that is near and dear to all of our hearts, and that is essentially um, what you don't know. Uh, So much of our life is determined, Adam, by the things that just kind of pass us by, that we're just not aware of. And when it comes to the compliance space, it's... Very clear to folks like yourself that what you don't know uh, will absolutely hurt you. So tell me a little bit more, Adam, ab- about the sentiment behind that. Where does that come from?
0: Well, I mean, as I was going through, you know, remembering, I've been I've been doing this for mm, solid for close on about twelve years of, of working with various companies, <laughs> uh, and so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> motion alert, motion alert. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, uh, you know, if I whip a dart at the, you know, at, you know, kind of looking back at the, at the engagements that I've been on, you know, I- in my experience, only about 5% of those companies, um, truly had all their bases covered, um, you know, and whatnot, where 15% were, you know, were we'll call them relatively strong, but, what that means is that about 80% of the companies that I was interfacing with over the years, you know, didn't have any idea what needed to be done for an effective security and compliance program. Now, the, the more interesting part about the, these kind of, you know, uh, you know, whipping jar statistics is that in almost all of the cases, the companies mm-hmm. thought, oh, what we're... we're we're in good shape. We just need to dot a couple of I's and cross a couple of T's and we'll put a couple of policies in place. And the, my people are doing everything right, you know, is, is, is typically how it goes and it's it's funny because you know you you hear that on every engagement and uh sure. you know and and the reality is, is it's part of why we're here you know why 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 security and compliance practitioners you know exist is because you know they, they are there to help these folks you know navigate the waters and whatnot and it, it's pretty eye-opening for those that that end up going through it you know the the, the stark reality there's a um there's a company in in northwest Michigan called the Ponymon Institute. And they do a number of it's like a research uh, uh, group, and at some point in the game, we'll have to get into a little bit more depth about their uh, you know kind of cost of data breaches. But this isn't the one um, to get really get into that. But one of the interesting stats that they have, they have this kind of annual uh, you know kind of cost of a data breach, and of those companies, these are these are real companies that really got breached that you know go through a you know full scale analysis they're across a bunch of different industries etc and part of the reason why i like this particular statistic uh, more than most is that it's real companies that really got breached with real you know data coming out of that. And for those companies that actually got breached, when they went in, did the forensics and you know figured out, okay, well, they were aware they had a breach as of this date, but you know when did it actually start? It, on average, which is the scary part, on average, these companies, it took them 280 days. Before they even realized they had a problem. And, Did you say?
1: Hold on, hold on a
0: second.
1: Did you say two hundred and eighty days before you, they realized they had a problem? Yep, you got it. That's like that's like over nine months. What are we talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's how long it took them. And my you know, the, it, but it, it kind of underscores, you know, go back to some of the some of the things I was saying a minute ago, which is, you know, eighty percent of the companies that that I've I've actually interacted with. You know, had a lot of work to do to be able to get a real security compliance program in place. You know, the 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 reality is is that a good security compliance program, you know, it includes uh, you know kind of protective mechanisms, detection mechanisms, et cetera, and it just kind of underscores or highlights the 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 notion that the detection mechanisms were sorely lacking in those organizations, which ended up finding they had a problem, um, you know, and whatnot, you know, I mean, I've gone through, I've now started two companies from the ground up and, you know, regardless of the, level of personal investment of the listener in the ownership or leadership of their current organization, at bare minimum, there's a responsibility to the existing client base of the organization um, you know and that's compounded you know by the paychecks for you know kind of every employee, every contractor, every vendor are either fully or partially dependent on on getting paid it's not it's not easy to to do this it's not easy to run a company it's certainly not easy to to start a company i've I've, I've said to many people it's one of the toughest things I've ever had to do um you know and so for those that are uh for those that are starting companies for themselves you know it's it it, it's tough to navigate those waters and i i can't imagine um i can't imagine putting this much effort into you know into getting making something out of nothing only to have it evaporate in an instant which is you know unfortunately what happens with a lot of these organizations that have a problem
1: well i mean that kind of begs the question right is so Are there common themes and like through lines to some of these bad decisions and assumptions that you'll see companies make?
0: yeah well that kind of falls all over the board so i don't know i'll kind of i'll kind of go into i'll go into some uh some different you know different examples different stories of uh, of things that i've seen but you know many of the listeners are going to find these these elements relatable um so i i i actually get a chuckle when i because i've heard this more times than i can count somebody some company or some organization or some leader saying you know something along the lines of you know hey we're too small for anybody to care about us they'll never find us, and you know every time that I hear it I I, I use this example often, you know it's uh, you know you and I date ourselves slightly with this with this example but it, <laughs> but, it, but it but it works um you know way back in the day you know when when we had the the first coming out of an unlisted phone number right everybody's like oh yes finally i have an unlisted phone number i don't need to have all of these marketing calls and blah, 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 blah. And so these people pay their monthly amount together, phone number unlisted. And then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward, you know, a year, two years, whatever of pure blessed silence, right? And now all of a sudden the phone rings and they pick it up and sure enough, it's somebody trying to sell them something and they've got this look of horror on their faces They're, how did this person ever get my number, you know, type of thing. And, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, all those all those people were doing back in the day is they would dial a, an area code and dial one 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 two, right? Well, the, it, when it comes to, to machines that are on the internet, there's a there's a a, a, a certain pattern of numbers. It's like a, you know a number a dot a number a dot. There's basically four sets of numbers separated by three dots. And the bad guys basically do the same thing, which is they'll go 1.1.1.1, 1.1.1.2, 1.1.1.3. And it doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are. You know, your organization is getting found, whether these companies know it or not. They're getting found by uh, bad guys on the Internet probably six to ten times a day at least. Uh, depending on how popular they are and they don't even realize it and so this notion of hey we're we're too small just doesn't it doesn't wash you know it, it's it's impossible to escape this light this this spotlight um well, you know go ahead yeah,
1: I, I, well I'm just curious like what type of kind of what type of examples would you have because that's a little I mean it's like hey this is scary it's, it's even scary when you're small but how
0: yeah. So I'll put it, I'll put this in perspective. This is, this is actually, uh, before I can really stepped into this space. Um, you know, I, I had the, I had the opportunity to sit and watch, uh, as, uh, the, a server at a, at a, at an organization was, was actively being, you know, being attacked. And the bad guys had kind of gotten past the perimeter defenses. They were on the inside of this network. And uh, how it came up is that one of the one of the IT guys, you know, uh, you know, is like urgently nine one one calling me to, you know, go go uh, get into the server room. And I, I go walk in there. We're staring at this screen. The screen's out actively moving. You know, I can I can see you know things mm-hmm. sc- scrolling across the screen. Da 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 um you know and i really quickly you know double check it, it, nobody's working on this thing you know nobody's remoted into the server nope nope this is this is bad and so um long story short ended up you know having to having to pull the nobody knew about it aside from the fact that somebody happened to walk into the server room happened to look at the screen right it was just blind luck that they were catching this <laughs> And um, and so we've ended up pulling the pulling the network cable and doing some doing some digging and whatnot. Well, when we started to look into it, what we found out is that these guys had gone through the random, you know, kind of the random number, you know, generator to find the ma- find a machine, found a vulnerability, got through it, got to the internal network, and they had a series of scripts. So the first script would run through. And it was basically looking for open ports. You know, what what ports are open? Once it found, you know, and that would run for about 30 seconds. And then once it found all the open ports, it would hand off to another group of people. So the first IP that came in, let's say it was coming from France. Then it went silent for about 30 seconds or so. And all of a sudden, there were like four groups uh, uh, of different IPs from all over the world that were coming in doing more directed attacks. So if it knew that this port was open and this group was in charge of doing this port's testing and they would go ahead and hammer away and do directed testing against that port, meanwhile, There were directed port scans being done from, you know, whatever, Venezuela, uh, another place in, you know, Mexico, Mm. another one in the Ukraine, another one from China, you know, type of thing. And so we're watching these rounds, you know, going through. These guys had an absolutely astounding a uh, level of automation involved in this process. And it, 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 it appeared to be primarily autonomous. And, um, and by pulling that network cable I ended up disrupting their script, which is about the only thing that saved this particular company, uh, was a real eye opener for them. And here's the scariest part, Todd, that I watched that unfold. It was, uh-huh. it, was it was over 15 years ago. Can you imagine? Uh-huh. You imagine what these people are are, are capable the of level of, of now? sophistication oh yeah is it's <laughs> night and day my yeah.
1: goodness
0: yeah so you know so that's that's one one area the whole they won't find us you know notion um you know a second notion is that you know companies that uh that believe that oh well we're just going to go ahead and pick up some cyber liability insurance and poof we're off and running Right. Um, We can go ahead and just kind of cover ourselves with, you know, with the uh, with the cyber liability insurance. And off we go. Well, the reality is, is that when any of these companies and here here's the startling part for a lot of the folks, especially that are in upper level management is I, I, I would I would tell them, go back, whoever it is that filled out the cyber, this your cyber application. More often than not, it's being filled out by somebody in accounting. Well, the person in accounting doesn't have any idea what they're what they're filling out most of the time. They're just you know trying to answer answer positively or whatever, assuming that the IT crew has this, that, and the other thing. But effectively, what you do when you're signing up for the paperwork for your for your uh, insurance is you're attesting, saying we're doing all of these things, we have this in place, we're performing these activities on a regular basis, etc. And so all of a sudden now I've got this application which we filled out to you know look positive etc um, and if you have a problem then what happens is the insurance company ends up going back taking a look at what all you said you were doing and confirms were you' doing it or not and so <laughs> if you haven't filled it out right and you're not doing these things, well, then you're paying a lot of money for for an insurance policy that's effectively unusable, and your you know, and your insurance policy is is pretty much toilet paper at that point in the game.
1: Man, so. well, I, I mean, I guess management kind of gets put in a weird position at that point in time because I can listen. I can certainly understand how when you think of something like this, if it is not your bread and butter, where you would look to your heads of IT and think that they have it covered, is that kind of an erroneous assumption?
0: <laughs> uh, absolutely so um you, you know and, and and i walk into this arena with a great amount of perspective um so when i first started into this space i i i i was Kind of as I kind of culminated my IT career before I decided to step over into the you know into the security and compliance space, I was heading up IT myself. I'd spent fifteen years managing teams of people, um, doing development, doing you know uh, help desk support, doing you know business analysis, uh, responsible for infrastructure, all sorts of fun stuff. And you know my first real exposure to security compliance. Um, when I had to go into it in depth, when I then got from that point that I, I, I like to, I like to say that the you know the boss came by, dropped a four-inch deck of paper off. It said PCI on the top, and I went, "Huh, what's PCI?" Um, you know, when I go from that "What's PCI?" moment to the eight, fast forward eighteen astronomically painful months later once we'd actually navigated all of the PCI DSS requirements and proven to the auditor we had everything under the sun in place. Um, And then I looked back at just, you know, how, just how it, it was staggering to me, just how little I knew when I went, huh, what's PCI? And yet all the boss, all of my bosses all the way through they just go into this guiding assumption. Well, I mean, they've got IT in their name; they must know everything about IT, which means they've got security and compliance and blue all covered, you know. And um, it, it was it, it's startling, you know, how little I knew. And and here's what I would say, you know, to um, here's what I would say to the to that management. Is that you know you can have people on your team that are great firewall admins, great day-by-day IT people, great network administrators. They can make this stuff work, but work and being secure are are two different You know, (laughs) mindset, skill set. Most of these people have, honestly, for most organizations, we go back to that earlier stat I gave, right? 80% really don't have their act together. You know, that also means then that 80% of those IT people have never been exposed to this stuff, you know? And so, you know, that's just something that management needs to take into account That's a really, really bad alignment of, you know, misalignment, if you will, of expectations Mm -hmm. because they're setting themselves up for failure. They're also creating an environment where the IT folks, because of said expectation, you know, they, they just, they don't want to, they don't want to let their bosses down. They know what assumptions they've made, you know, depending on how the boss acts, and you know, and whatnot. You know, they might actually flame the people in IT for, you know, for not, you know, not knowing this stuff and, you know, and whatnot. And really, it's not a problem with IT. It's a problem with the, with the bad assumptions made by management.
1: So, I mean, all members of management, including the IT management team, right, I, I, you would have to think that they must understand some level of security and compliance.
0: No? No, not really. Because, you know, if you think about it, right, there's, you know, like I was saying a minute ago, making making an environment work. And having it be secure are different notions, different skill sets. Many of these people can make it work just fine, but they don't have any idea about the security and compliance arena. You know, the 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 reality is is that these guys can rock at their jobs, but it doesn't mean that they're security and compliance expert. Um, you know, it was it it was startling when I look back, I talked about my own. You know, kind of self-reflection on that first, you know, on that kind of first trip through. Um, you know, the 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 reality is is that is that I then looked at you know my devs, my network admins, my you know day by day IT people, and how little they knew walking into this. Well, you know, that's what they I just, was going to
1: ask. Is like, yeah. what does a manage, what does someone in management do when they recognize how ill prepared they are here?
0: Well, I mean, that's the point at which the light bulb better go on. And, 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 you know, the reality, it's really, really hard to find people that actually know the security and compliance arena. That's really where, you know, having somebody come in, you know, come in from the outside third party to help out um, is really gonna, uh, is really, really gonna help, you know, the, the, when they put that much pressure on the, on people, make these assumptions, et cetera, they're just literally setting themselves up for failure, failure. And, and, and the poor, either person internally, you know, or the vendor, you know, that they've got for day by day IT stuff, you know, they're, they're basically put into an, an untenable situation where, you know, they either, you know, keep their mouth, you know, most of the time they're just keeping their mouth shut and hoping for the best, you know, or, you you know, claiming they don't know and hoping they don't get fired. You know, type of thing. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's just all the way around. It's just a really, really bad situation uh, for uh, a bad situation for everybody involved. And and I would put the onus on the levels of management to you know, gain that, gain that, you know, please take that level of perspective, assume that your people don't know, and, you know, and and, and walk into it with a, you know, kind of an open mind, a clean slate, et cetera. It's a lot easier to have that, those, those interactions with either your internal crew or your vendors uh, to be able to just navigate the waters.
1: Wait, so you're saying security and compliance is not just an IT thing?
0: Oh, far from it. I mean, the, the reality <laughs> is, is that, is that, you know, security and compliance engagements performed correctly, they end up having uh, impacts across damn near everybody within an organization. So while sure, there's a lot of stuff that has to do with the IT group, uh, and quite frankly, they will learn a ton on their first trip to the rodeo. Um, the, you know, but this is going to cover. This is going to cover your executive management. This is going to cover your HR department, your legal department. Um, this is going to cover every single person that is, you know, interacting with a customer, answering a phone, a- answer, you know, it has an email account. Um, you know, your vendors. It, it's it's all the way across the board. Everybody, in some way, shape, or form, if you're doing it right, is connected into you know into this even down to the janitors you know think about yep. the you know, think about it the janitors have physical access to the facility and they've got responsibilities around physical security so you know it it's it's everybody from top down um is gonna be you know is gonna be hit well as
1: I gotta ask like are they reading the requirements
0: <laughs> well i mean are I, they doing
1: are they doing the <laughs> because i mean that's that's the thing that i, I kind of feel like as we were talking through these through lines here mm-hmm. they there's certainly you don't know what you don't know right. but there's also there seems to be a fair amount of buck passing when it mm-hmm. comes to whose responsibility this is and exactly what the accountability levels and chain of command should look like am i wrong there
0: no, I mean the, you know, here's the here's the deal is that, you know, as dumb as it is, as dumb as it sounds, you know that you know the organizations actually do need to read the requirements of their target certification, um, you know, putting in place and you know some form of an internal compliance management system that belongs to the company, you know, the that that's important, you know, um, where the organization itself can store their proof and their evidence at line item level to make sure that they're not missing anything um you know the oftentimes i'll see organizations which are kind of write things off to assumptions. (laughs) Uh, You know what I say about assumptions. Um, So, uh, you know, too often, you know, we're seeing, I'll see companies and a great example is be antivirus, right? Uh, I'll see Mm -hmm. companies, they'll sit there, they'll go, oh yeah, 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 we have antivirus. Okay, move on to the next one, you know, uh, type of thing. And, And it's super dangerous because if you go then just using antivirus as an easy example, like under PCI DSS, there's like 10 different things you need to make sure are actually implemented across the board in relation to your antivirus. And yet I'll see somebody go, yeah, yeah, yeah we have antivirus on our laptops, so we're cool, you know, and, and then wow. they'll whitewash it and move on. And meanwhile, they haven't met, they haven't officially met those requirements. So, you know, and every time that they make these kind of bad assumptions, Um, you know, around, you know, around the requirements that they're subject to that leaves openings and holes and, you know, uh, partially baked implementations and, you know, and all sorts of stuff, which which leaves holes open and, and risk to the organization.
1: So, I mean, do you have any examples of companies negatively impacted by having security or compliance issues beyond that?
0: Sure. Uh, you, you know, th- there's a ton of ex- just a ton of examples. There's a there's a couple that I'll key in on. I mean, we could keep going for days about, you know, <laughs> about organization. I, I, anybody that's that's paying attention to the news, listening, you know, listening to what's going on, hearing about, you know, here well, know, what some of the latest, the pipeline ransomware the uh you know the the meat packing factory you know it that that got hit with the ransomware as well um there's examples left right and sideways if you're if you have your ear to the ground and you're actually paying attention to the to the stories but a couple of ones a couple of uh you know one one organization a stat that i you know that i like kind of calling out is that uh and this will kind of put it into stark reality uh, you know, the, there was a certificate authority um, located over in Europe. It, the, it was called DigiNotar. Um, mm-hmm. This company got breached in June, turned around and declared bankruptcy in September of the same year. Uh, the customers were just Goodness. fleeing this organization. It was, it was a completely viable company in June. And then it was out of business in September. You know, it's like it's, it, I again, I go back to that notion of, I know how hard it is to run an organization, to build an organization. I can't even imagine, um, you know, just poof, it evaporates in two months, two, three months, you know, it's crazy. Um, you know, another stat, you know, for, you know, for small and mid-sized businesses, 60%, um, of those organizations that uh, that uh, have a data breach 60 percent are forced into bankruptcy within six months that so was a study that was done by uh, you know inc.com you know where where they were where they were looking at this so yeah you know, these are these are elements that that companies can't afford to companies can't afford to you um, you know, can't afford to just gloss over. And the most important part about this is if you think about it, having a data breach it, it, it hits you out of the blue you know you you end up um you know hey you're having a happy wednesday and all of a sudden it goes to hell <laughs> right there's, yeah. there's no notice it, it's not like they send you a greeting card hey by the way uh about eight months from now we're gonna go ahead and hack you and uh we're, we're it's gonna be a full data breach it's gonna be really ugly you know they're not they're not, they're not sending you a christmas card here you know they it's like all of a sudden, you just get smacked in the face with a with it with with a data breach two by four, and you go from having a great Wednesday to having a really bad one. Um, and when you have to, when you get hit that quickly, you don't, you don't have any, any room for preparation and, and getting your sea legs and, and whatnot, all of a sudden you are just in the midst of this absolute crap storm. And, you know, and so companies don't have much, much chance or time to go get themselves prepared for it. And all of a sudden they've got a boat ton of costs that are, you know, having to be paid outbound from the company with no notice, you know, I uh, maybe, you know, a bunch of companies are just sitting on millions and millions and millions of dollars. I don't, um, you know, with nothing to do with it. So, you know, it's tough for these organizations that get caught. It's always so much better to um, so much better to be, uh, be heading in the right direction.
1: So, I mean, what does that look like, man? What, what do companies need to do to truly be headed in the right direction? Because that's that's where we are in this conversation now. Right. Like we understand fully the pitfalls. We understand, uh, you know, exactly how uh, kind of turning a blind eye to the things that you think you don't really need to pay attention to can jump up and bite you in the proverbial backside. But what do you do once you figure it out and, and, and realize you need to go forward? How do you get there?
0: Well, thankfully, we have a couple of topics coming up in in our next uh, next podcast, uh, which will be really good overviews. So I won't steal all the thunder from uh, for, from those, if you will. Um, but you know one one step uh, one step is really you know kind of building a culture of compliance, uh, making sure that the organization is kind of really you know, really adopted uh, a, a compliance, uh, a security and compliance mentality. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that, that's that got to be kind of pervasive throughout the organization. Um, and the other is, Either starting or uh, reassessing uh, your security and compl- overall security and compliance program, and you've got to have a, a structure in place for uh, you know for uh, doing making sure that you have all the right things in place, and then ma- managing and maintaining those on an ongoing basis.
1: Man, that's a lot. <laughs> that was an awful lot. And the reason why I say that is because I don't think um, that we can overstate the importance of of taking this seriously. Adam, I want to thank you very much for your time, because that's all the time we have today for Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cusho.
0: And I'm Adam Goslin. Hope we help get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.
1: Well, that's all the time we have for this episode
0: of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cusho. And I'm Adam Gosling. Hope we help to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.